Welcome into the show. It's time for Showtime College Football. I'm your host, Chase Davidson. And as always, make sure to follow us on the socials, Showtime CFB on Instagram, Showtime CFB pod, and all the other ones, wherever you listen to the podcast. Guys, got a loaded show. Got a loaded week. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Okay, before I start, two announcements. We have finally landed. We're, we're getting so much support. Finally landed a sponsor here. The company is just starting, but they're going to help us out. Um, it's going to be Game Day Prestige Apparel. Now, this is all for college apparel. Be looking out for that. Not yet. Not yet. Just be aware that there's going to be some Showtime CFB Times uh, Game Day Prestige Apparel coming soon. Going to be doing some giveaways, so make sure you're listening. And I'm so excited. Going to have some of my own designs, and I'm really excited. It's going to be good. Um, gonna have a lot of embroidered shirts, like high quality embroidered shirts is what, um, you know, that's, that's what I'm hearing. So pretty excited. Also just remember SeatGeek is helping out the show. Use our code Showtime CFB for $20 off your purchase. Um, so get those tickets. We still got seven more weeks of the season and I use the code. I'm going to Texas. I'm excited. Okay. We got a good week. Four ranked games once again. Guys, I feel like this college football season has been so consistently good. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. Obviously, it's a very equal year. We don't see it. I mean, we don't know who's going to win. You know, it's not as obvious as it usually is who's going to be the top teams. Um, obviously, as the season goes on, it, there's, you know, different changes, the ebbs and flows. Um, you know, we see some teams start to meander to the top, but like, not by much so far. Anyways, four ranked games and several other really good games, including probably the top group of five game of the year. Maybe the game that decides who gets that group of five bid is this week. And no one's going to be talking about that game. So that's a big one. Um, yes. Anyways, let's start with the game of the week. You already know what I'm talking about. This could be a potential game of the year. Oregon versus Washington. Oh, massive game. Number eight, Oregon goes to Seattle to play number seven, Washington, um, at their place. Now, in my poll, Washington's number four, and Oregon is number seven. So, maybe Oregon's eight now, actually. I think they're eight right now. Sorry, I forgot that uh, they got jumped. Um, anyways, huge game. Wherever, whatever fan of whatever team you are, this is a massive, massive game out on the West Coast. I'm so excited for this game on so many for, for for so many different reasons. Obviously, it's a huge game. Cannot be understated. This is a rivalry game. This is this is the first ever top 10 matchup in this rivalry between Oregon and Washington. They've been playing for 120 years and it's never been a top 10 matchup. We've had a lot of good ones. We've had a lot of, you know, probably I mean, I think last year Oregon was ranked maybe 11, Washington 20, you know, there's some good games in there. Um, definitely these teams have both been ranked several times, but not like this, especially in a year like this, where it's the last year of the Pac-12. Um, this is this could very well be the matchup of who um, plays in the championship because before three years ago, there was divisions, and so these two couldn't play in a Pac-12 championship. So it would be pretty crazy if these two could play a rivalry game in that conference championship and maybe send one off to the playoff or both. Honestly, at this point, both can make a case for the playoffs, so pretty exciting. The winner of this game 
I'll start off with this. The winner of this game is going to be in my top five, no doubt. Probably top four, maybe top three, maybe top two. I don't know. I, I mean, it depends on how the game goes. But, like, definitely, I, I kind of, by saying that, okay, I'm saying it's top four. Like, winner of this game will be my top four. I can promise you that. I don't know about the AP poll. Never know with those people. But, yeah. I'm really excited for this game. All right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. I, I did some research for this game. Now, I'm going to be doing a lot of picks this picks today. It's my it's the predictions and picks episode. But, like, this is easily the hardest week probably of all time I've had to pick. Just We're just trying to picking money lines. Like, who is going to win this game? This is so hard. Every single of, of all the... Let's see. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 games um, highlighted for this week that I like stuck out to me. Of those 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, of those 11, uh, two of them are 10-point spreads. All the rest are all 3-point spreads or below, 3.5 or below. Yeah got some good games usually when it's a 3.5 spread it's usually just a nod to the home team because it's basically an even if they were in a neutral location it'd be even and they give like the standard three-point spread to the home team uh classic cases like ucla oregon state right here both teams are pretty pretty equal you could say you know what you what you want about either team but like definitely oregon state is favored by three points because of the home team so really really exciting games out of us oregon washington I don't think anybody in the country knows who they're going to pick in their right mind if they're not a fan of either team. Um, I like I love both these teams. I I've always been kind of more of an Oregon fan. I have I have family and friends that love Oregon, um, and that have gone to Oregon. So I've always tended to lean towards Oregon. However, I love Washington this year. Washington is the new. They're sexy. They're the Cinderella right now. Obviously not like underdog Cinderella, but they're like the Cinderella that everyone wants to watch. They're exciting. They're the team with the moxie this year they're the team that's kind of like oh yeah like washington in the playoff that sounds exciting michael Penix in the playoffs sounds really fun the same could go for oregon but i think washington kind of has that style and the reputation so far this year so neither of these teams have really faced off top 20 competition yet top 25 competition oregon's best win you could say it's Colorado, 42-6. to six. The dominance of that is what makes that a good win. If that was a close game, I would actually be kind of scared. Um, the Texas Tech win for Oregon was a little scary. It looks like they've improved since then. That was like week two, I think, week three. So definitely like a, okay, like it, everything's going to be okay. Um, but yeah, those are the two best wins for Oregon at this point. Um, Washington's best win, don't really have one yet. Tulsa. Boise State, Michigan State is probably the one that sticks out the most is the dominance over Michigan State. But we all know that Michigan State is just – it's like you just beat Purdue or something this year. I mean, not, not much to write home about. Um, so neither team has really been proven against top competition. However, the stats of these teams are so crazy. They're, when, when people say they're alike, and I was saying this until I did my research, I'm like, dude, these teams are both so alike. They're both like flashy offenses, obviously – I said this before, Oregon's more balanced, but like still, they, they give off the same vibes. Actually, when you look at the overall stats of each of these teams, like they could not be more different. They are either ranked number 
one or top five in the country in a certain stat, or they're in the bottom 20. Or they're, they're ranked like number 125 or something. It's crazy. Let's, 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 uh, let's start on this. I, I hope you guys find this interesting. Okay. Oregon and Washington. The two most highest ranked teams. Well, not ranked, but statistically in yards per game offensively. Two highest. So we got the two best offenses in the country. No doubt. Two of the best quarterbacks in the country, Michael Penix and Bo Nix, both being, you could say, argue right now, both of them top five, maybe top seven quarterbacks in the country right now. Exciting. However, they start to divide. Let's, let's go with this one first. Oregon is second in sacks per game. Um, second in the country in sacks per game. Washington is a hundred and, what is it, 27th? Let me look. I got I got all pulled up right here. Um, 127th in sacks per game. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a little interesting. So, Bo Nix, who already has very good protection, doesn't look like he'll be getting pressured too much. Because there's one thing with these stats. If, it's a, if they're really good at something right now, you know, it's like, oh, take it with a grain of salt. They've played, you know, Oregon has played these lesser defenses, you know, or Washington has played these lesser defenses. Like, maybe their their stats are a little... Um, inflated just because of the competition. But when you're last in a stat and you haven't played anybody yet, that's a little scary because it's, it's really not going to get much better. At least I don't think so. Um, a statistician would not think so. So, little interesting. Now, Oregon is, or Washington has been very good at protecting Michael Penix, mainly because he gets the ball off so fast and he's so good. Um, they're number third in the, in the country. Washington is um, at their own sack percentage, as in not getting sacked, defending against the sack. Um, let's see what Oregon is defending against the sack. Number eight. Okay, so I'm just telling you guys, they're, they could not be more opposite here. Um, let's do another one. There's one that I really think is interesting. Yards per pass. Washington likes to throw the ball down the field. Michael Penix, every single time you see him play, pretty much every throw he makes, he's just... Boom. He's just putting it on a freaking platter right to his wide receiver 50 yards down the field. Um, right now, Washington, the yards per pass is 11.6, which is pretty dang high yards per pass. That's every pass, every snap, including all those lower passes, dump offs, and including those big ones, 11 yards a pass, number two in the country right now. Oregon, their defensive yards per pass. So how they defend. They are fourth in the country. Fourth in the country at defending the pass in terms of yard per pass. <laughs> it keeps going. It's so freaking crazy how much, how, um, how, how it's hard to predict this game. So all in all, as of right now, Oregon's pass defense looks really, really good. Washington's passing offense looks really, really good. So, who knows? I know that Bo Nix hasn't been the best on the road in his history. This includes Auburn, um, but he hasn't played quite as much, on, quite as good on the road. However, this is the best team he's had easily in his career. So, and obviously he's improved. So, you know, take that w with what you will. Um, but I don't even know who to pick in this game. Washington is favored by three or 2.5, depending on what sports book you're using. 
However, ESPN predicts Oregon to win uh, with a 54% chance. Yeah, that's the type of game it's, it's going to be. Um, I expect this game 100% to be a one-score game. Um, and I think it's going to be a one-score game the whole game. I'm so excited for this game. Um, the one thing that you know either team has working for them is that neither of them have really played anybody. So it does allow for some sort of... The reason why this is so hard is because you can't point to like a win and be like, well... Washington beat this person, so like I think they can do this. Or Oregon beat this person, so I think they can do this. Now, Oregon did play on the road at Texas Tech in a rowdy um, Lubbock, Texas. So they are used to play on the road here. But at this point, if I'm so even between the two teams, like maybe I'll lean Washington strictly because they're the home team, and that's going to be the loudest crowd in like, college football history. So like maybe I lean towards Washington just for that. No, no shade on Oregon. Like, you can understand. Maybe that's the only reason I'm gonna put my money on Washington. But this is gonna be crazy. Now, I've said this before. Oregon has looked more balanced and more stable. But then again, we haven't really seen Washington play any um, big opponents. Oh yeah, also Arizona. I did forget about the Arizona win. The Arizona win does look a little better now, just because Arizona looks like they're actually a pretty decent team taking USC to the wire. Um, and I think Arizona is kind of better than the record says, obviously say what you want about USC, but Arizona has shown light of being like actually kind of good. Sadly, they're in a really powerful, um, pack 12 anyways. Yeah. So this game is going to be crazy. Let me know what your picks are. I, I have no idea who to pick in this game. This is the hardest pick I've ever had to make. So evenly matched. I'm so excited for this game. So, yeah. Anyways, definitely could see these guys rematching in the Pac-12 championship. Would be exciting. USC at Notre Dame. Next up. Hmm. USC at Notre Dame. Notre Dame coming off three straight ranked games, and now they got to host USC. Now, those three games have been very physical. Very, very physical teams. Emotional matchups. And now Notre Dame gets to go home and play against a little bit different of a USC team, more of a, uh, you know, you know how USC is, passing offense, less less running down your throat, more of a pass first, you know, trickery, you know, whatever you want to say about USC. Anyways, it, it just seems different than those other games. Notre Dame is favored in this game because USC has re- recently lost a lot of. Um, I think credibility from the media just from um, just from the recent games on how it's gone, what they've looked like, you know, most people can tell that USC has struggled. It could just be they're playing down to their opponent could very well just be that nothing else. No problems at USC. They were just kind of playing down to their opponent, um, but nothing to worry about. They'll play up to Notre Dame. Well, they're playing in South Bend. That's a hard place to play can be a rowdy rowdy place notre dame i think is ready to win a game as that louisville win was pretty uh pretty disappointing especially with uh coach freeman i don't i don't know if he's gonna be obviously it's four ranked games which is hard to ask anybody to do but at the same time if you were to lose to louisville like that and then lose to usc at home if it's anything more than like a few scores i think the hot seat might be coming a little bit. 
not saying like, okay, fire him. We're not saying he's on the hot seat, but like people will be a little frustrated with the coaching at that point um, with Notre Dame. So it might be a little, just because you're losing a lot of big games. Just saying. Um, and Notre Dame kind of has a history for that. So I think people are more sensitive to it. All I'm saying. Um, also, guys, announcement. Quickly, if you notice that my video is in and out sometimes, it's because I've been using my Canon camera just from home that I have. Uh, the only nice piece of equipment that I have, frankly, and look at it, pieces right there. Um, I have a brand new HD streaming camera coming in the mail tomorrow. So by the way, the quality of this podcast will be like infinitely higher by Tuesday, by the next time, by the next episode you see. So get excited for that. I just hope that the quality of what I'm saying and of my sports takes is enough to persuade you to keep listening. If you've listened this far, then you obviously like my podcast a decent degree. Anyways, let's keep going. Just by the way, if you ever have, if you ever think like the camera's crappy, that's why. It's really laggy. Okay. Um, some interesting stats about this game. Um, USC cannot defend the run. And Notre Dame does well at the run. Straight up. That's the main takeaway from what I've looked at and from what I've felt with this game. Um, if Notre Dame is ever able to establish the run, um, it's just going to have to be Caleb Williams against Notre Dame trying to outscore them because they're just going to keep on pounding down that USC defense, as we've seen. Um, I could easily see that this game, if that happens, going into the 40s for both teams, like it could just be a shootout just because USC can't stop a defense can't stop an offense, frankly, in a lot of a lot of ways. Um, however, USC's offense, despite all that, is still pretty much the number one offense in a lot of in a lot of ways. Points per game, yards per play, uh, points per play, points per play. That's kind of cool. That means they're quickly. They move quickly down the field. Um, however, their rushing defense is pretty bad. Um, they are sitting uh, in the let's see, opponent rush yards per game. Uh, they are 80th in the country, um, and the last few games have not been a good showing. Um, their pass defense isn't much better. The opponent pass yards per game, they are ranked number 102 in that. Also, I am using teamrankings.com, which does not factor the FCS games, which I figure is actually more accurate stats, frankly. Did I say frankly? Maybe I did. Anyways, I feel like that's actually more accurate. Um, even though it doesn't consider all the games, you know, I feel like you can if you take out the FCS game, it's actually... Better. Anyways, um, so those are the stats I'm using for this. USC does lead the country, was one of the top um, leaders in sacks right now. So that's one thing they have in their favor. But honestly, right now, it's just that USC defense is still such a worry. Caleb Williams has had trouble keeping up with his old defense. And it's what it's going to come down to. Notre Dame is favored, by, I think, by three and a half in this game. Um, 3.0 in this game. So I think I'm actually going to take USC. Partly because I trust Caleb Williams and Zachariah Branch looks like he's going to be back. You guys don't know who that is. Um, he's probably the fastest guy we've seen in a long time. Tyree Kill kind of speed. He is fast and agile. And you know he's the reason they are putting up 60. Half the reason they're putting up 60 against some of those other opponents, even despite their level of competition. Um, he was es essential to that offense. So being without him is part of the reason they didn't score very much against Arizona. You know, they and they had trouble with Arizona State pulling away. 
The defense, though, that secondary, honestly, all, all aspects of USC's defense has looked a little weak. So let's hope that they can pull it together. I'm going to take USC. I don't know why I'm taking USC. I just feel like they're going to win. Obviously, yes, they're the better team in terms of ranking. Notre Dame is favored. But I like USC better. I think USC is going to pull it out because it's such a big game. USC does have a really tough back-end schedule here. So does Notre Dame. Both these guys. Um, actually, no, Notre Dame not so bad. They've already gone through the bulk of it. Yeah, they just have Clemson, and which is not as hard as we thought it was. Um, but yeah, USC has the next five out of their six opponents are ranked in the top 25. So USC's got a lot to look forward to. That's the one thing coming into this game that's a little scary for USC is the fact that they could be looking forward or getting tired just thinking about how many tough teams they have to play on the rest of their schedule. So, um, yeah, they do have Oregon and Washington on their schedule as well as Utah. Yep, that's a tough one. Um, okay, and UCLA. All right. So I'm going to take USC in that game. Caleb Williams, I trust. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame has a kind of a comeback legacy game and makes it all worth it. North Carolina-Miami, another ranked game, if you want to call it a ranked game. Um, you know, here's my stance on Miami, actually. I've gone back and forth. When it first happened, I said, obviously, that was a stupid move. I'm talking about Georgia Tech. When they decided not to kneel the ball, they ran it on with 30 seconds left in the game when the other team had no timeouts, and they lost the game because they fumbled the ball. And Georgia Tech got it and went 72 yards in like two seconds. Um, anyways, here's what I think about Miami. You have, to take, you have to take everything in context because you can't let everything just ruin your opinion. Obviously, whatever you think about what, what just happened, there's a reason they dropped in the rankings. Um, first of all, the game should not have been this close with Georgia Tech as it was. That's the first thing. Well, I'm, I'm Just because of the one play and the one dumbing coach, coaching decision, yes, it is a factor. It's the reason they lost. It's a factor. But there are other factors. Like, you were still within one score of Georgia Tech, who was mid at best. Um, second of all, obviously the play can't happen. That's terrible coaching. Not the player's fault. Um, very bad move. But still, I mean, this team, pretend they need the ball. Pretend they need the ball. Obviously, it's hypothetical. They didn't, but let's pretend they did. They'd be ranked 16th in the country, or in the teens, 15th in the country, and I'd be saying on this camera right now, I'd be saying, or on this mic right now, I'd be saying, watch out for Miami, potential sleeper team for the playoff. And I'm sure many other people would as well. That's all I'm saying. Now, the reason I'm picking North Carolina in this game, spoiler, is because Miami, because of what happened, not because of the talent of the team, not because of how good I thought the team was last week, and not like they got any worse, but emotionally, it is so hard to recover from what just happened. I can't even imagine what the locker room chemistry is like right now. What, how you... Oh, as an emotional loss for those players. After they won the game, walked off the field, and all of a sudden they lost the game. That defense or that offense, whatever you want to talk about, those players don't deserve that. And frankly, I mean, you're going to be pissed, pissed at the... Uh, the coaches, and the entire locker room is just going to be somber and cold and sad. And I don't really know how you get over that. Now, I trust in players who have hearts, who can go through hard things, but as a team, to come together after something like that, 
especially with coaching staff and the team. Oh my gosh. Now if you lose this game and you're Miami, you were 5 and 0, one play away from being 6 and 0, if I'm right about that, right? Um and now you have two losses in a row and you're out of the playoff. Or and you're out of ACC championship consideration most likely. Well, that's how I see it. Just momentum killer. Um, that's the reason it's very easy for me to pick North Carolina in this game. Just momentum. Um, do I think Miami should be ranked 25? This is what I've gone back and forth on. At first, when I ranked them at 23 in my poll, the day after, I was like, yeah, I mean, they're still good. It was just one play. And then all the comments were like, they don't deserve to be ranked. I'm a Canes fan, and they don't even deserve to be ranked. And I'm like, actually, valid. And like most of the comments were telling me Miami shouldn't even be ranked. And so I was kind of like, actually, maybe I, shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't have ranked them. Maybe I should have took them all the way out for what they did. And then I've kind of come back and been like, well, I mean, it was one play. They still, okay, luckily they play a ranked opponent this week. Let's see what happens. If they lose this game, if they lose by several points, you know, they'll fall out. They'll fall right out where they're supposed to be or wherever they need to be. If they win this game, then I was right. Then it's like, oh, so they weren't that bad. It was just a stupid play that kind of ruined their season. Um, Yeah. Anyways. I know a lot of you might feel differently about Miami because it was a stupid play and it was stupid coaching. It shows signs of um, not only before the play, but just like coaching how Mario Cristobal did not learn from his mistake. If you guys don't know this, he did this at Oregon. When he was at Oregon, Mario Cristobal, uh, head coach at Oregon, he's playing a ranked Stanford team. Same thing happened. Um, I don't remember if if Stanford went down and scored or not. Um, I think they did and they lost. I think they did. Anyways, Oregon lost the game to Stanford because they started to run the ball when they didn't need to, when they could have nailed the ball. They ran the ball, and they fumbled it, and same that thing happened. How do you not learn from that? You'd be emotionally scarred. It was a ranked game against Stanford. That's one thing. Now you just lost to a 2-3 and three Georgia Tech team. Actually, I think they were 1-3 and three before this game. So, And you were about to be 6-0 and oh and be like, hey, I would have been right here, right now, saying, look at what Mario Cristobal is doing right now in Miami. Like, underrated. Miami for the playoff, man. ACC championship? Like, they got not great. Like, oh, like, they could do it. Like, they got to beat Florida State and North Carolina. But, like, if they beat one of those guys and then, and then lose to the other, like, there's a, there's a path. You know, there's a shot. Nope. You just ruined it. Um, because I don't see you winning both those games. So, that's the effect that had. It was more than just losing that one game. You had so much momentum. Anyways, I'm picking North Carolina. Drake May has been looking better, and I like North Carolina definitely in this game. I think North Carolina by 10, not because of Miami, but because of the locker room at Miami. If that, well, if that's different to you. Anyways, I think it's because Miami is just shooting themselves. I don't see players getting up and traveling to North Carolina um, with, without a heavy heart. So, there you go. Next game. Here's the group of five game that I previewed that I talked about a little bit. You guys know who it is? Because the group of five hasn't really had a team yet. Fresno State was kind of going to be that team. They lost to one of these teams last week. Wyoming. Wyoming's 5-1. and one. They beat Texas Tech. And their only loss is to Texas, which they hung around with them in the fourth quarter. See what you want. Maybe it was just Texas messing around. But, uh... Wyoming held Texas 10 points for three quarters. Not even a ba- Alabama or Oklahoma could do that. 
or Kansas or Baylor. Wyoming's one of the only ones. And like Rice, maybe for a half. So, you know, this is right after an Alabama win. Texas had Wyoming at home, and Wyoming, it was 10-10 going into the um, fourth quarter. So, you know, if you're a Wyoming fan, you're saying, that was a win. You're 5-1 with your only loss being to Texas. You're basically undefeated as a group of five team after that. And they play Air Force at Air Force just down the road. Well, maybe an hour or two. Um, Air Force is undefeated. Air Force has a really, really good offense this year. Um, obviously, they have not played a soul. They haven't played a team with a pulse yet. Um, but they looked really good in those games. Um, their best win is maybe like Utah State or like, I don't even know who their best win would be, like Colorado State. They haven't really played too many teams yet. Correct me if I'm wrong, if maybe there's a better team they've played. I don't think they play any Power 5 teams. So, um, the entire year. So that's one thing that does hurt your resume. Wyoming, however, has played two Power 5 teams, winning one of those games. So, um, Wyoming definitely has a better resume, and there's a reason that Wyoming is kind of on the radar now to be in the top 25. The three group of five teams that I have on my radar, um, Air Force, Wyoming, James Madison. James Madison has had a pretty good season. They're undefeated. Liberty is slowly creeping in there. However, Liberty has not impressed me yet. They've barely beaten some pretty bad Sunbelt teams, really. So I, I think Air Force and Wyoming in the Mountain West have a better resume so far, and they play each other. The winner of this game might very well be the team who gets the New Year's Six bid for the group of five for the uh, Fiesta Bowl or Chick-fil-A. No, no, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Um, yeah, I think it's the Fiesta Bowl, though. I looked today, and it was like an option. So, anyways... The winner of this game could be in the New Year's Six Bowl at the end of the year. Um, and next year, let's say this, let's say the uh, calendar says 2024, this is the team that could be heading to the playoff, the 12-team playoff. Yeah. 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 All right. Air Force and Wyoming. Now, Wyoming has a better resume, but Air Force has a really, really good offense. I've already said these things. But, dang. This is an interesting matchup. No one's even looking at this game. I'm going to be watching this game. This is prime time. This is a good game. I don't even know what time the game starts off because I'm looking at stats. All right. Third down conversion percentage. Air Force is number one in the country. Um, let's look. Rushes per game. This is obviously not anything impressive. Uh, their rushes per game are number one in the country uh, because they rush the most in the country, running the triple option. And the rush yards per game is number one. Um, you could say that's impressive or not because they rush so much. However, they're good at it. They're not bad at it. Army runs the ball, and Navy runs the ball every single play, and you don't see them right here. So I'm just saying. Um, anyways, so, yeah. They don't pass the ball hardly ever, just like your standard Naval Academy. Um, however, they look, they look very good all around the ball, and I'm excited for what they can do against Wyoming. Let's look at some of Wyoming's stats real quick, see if anything sticks out um, at Wyoming. Uh, Air Force is favored by 10.5 in this game. I think Wyoming's going to cover. I don't know for sure who I'm going to pick yet. Um, oh, of course. What am I forgetting? Wyoming did beat Fresno State and ended their like 12-game win streak. I talked about it a little bit, but like their resume, Texas Tech, Fresno State, and holding against Texas. Way, way better. Way more tested than Air Force, um, to be fair. Now, Wyoming's offense has not looked great. Um, they are in the hundreds for most of their offensive ranks. Um, oh, no, that's their passing. Okay, forgive me. 
Um, however, I'm really excited for what they can do. Um, they uh, they got kind of some moxie with them. They got some confidence. They, uh, yeah. I think I'm about to go Wyoming, actually, to pull off the upset. Now that I'm just looking at it, um, not, not many of these stats really stick out to me. Um, they have one of the best red zone scoring percentages in the country. Um, and, you know, they're, they look just kind of middle of the line. Um, yards per rush, uh, they're ranked 20th in the country. Yards per rush. Um, passing offense, not so good. There's not going to be much passing in this game at all as um, Wyoming and Air Force are both in the 120s for passing yards per game. Anyways, this game's going to be really good. I'm excited. Do not sleep on this game. This game's important. The winner of this game will be ranked in my poll. 100%. They deserve it. Um, I'm going to take Wyoming purely because they've been tested more, and I trust it because of their resume. That's who I like. Air Force looks better on paper, but uh, I think Wyoming pulls off the away game upset. All right, enough about this game. Um, next game here. Let's quickly go over UCLA-Oregon State. Big game. Another ranked Pac-12 matchup. The Pac-12 is just giving us so many of these quality top 20 matchups. UCLA at Oregon State. Now, I've heard this around the block now a little bit. But there's a trend for UCLA to go to the Pac-12 championship. May go to the playoff. UCLA easily, after this game, has the easiest Pac-12 path schedule. Easily. They play USC at the end of the year. Other than that, though, they don't play any of the big dogs. They don't play Oregon or Washington. They already played Utah. Barely lost. Oregon State's pretty much their toughest test. I don't think they even play Washington State. No, they already did. <laughs> okay, so they don't play for the rest of the season. Because I was thinking about the rest of the season. They definitely just played them and beat them. Um, dumb. But yeah. UCLA's got the easiest path to end the year. And they've looked better and better. And their defense through these tough games... Against a Washington State team that has one of the best offenses in the country, they have looked amazing. Yards per play, fifth in the country. Opponent yards per play. Yeah, I like UCLA a lot. Their defense overall, and all the if you take all the analytics together, top ten defense in the country. So, we're in six games of the season. They've played good opponents. That's a valid number. UCLA has a really good defense. Um. Let's see if they can stop Oregon's offense. DJ Ugalele is coming off one of his top games of the year. Five touchdowns. Um, this is going to be an exciting one. Oregon State is favored purely because it's at Oregon State. Um, do I take UCLA in this game? I don't know because I've been kind of an Oregon State fan uh, for a lot of the year. i like, yeah, our Oregon State's dope. I like Oregon State. Um, I don't know. Corvallis is going to be packed full of people. And... Uh, this is going to be a hard one to pick. I might take Oregon State just as the home team. Um, but if UCLA wins this game, that's huge for UCLA. If UCLA wins this game, I mean, the UCLA to the Pac-12 championship as a total sleeper could totally happen. Totally happen. So, yeah. Anyways, let's keep going. I'm going to take Oregon State, though. Just because I like DJU. I like Oregon State. I like Corvallis. It's a very likable place. Um, this will be two straight weeks that I'm picking against UCLA, so I'm sorry, guys. Uh, prove me wrong. If you guys, if UCLA wins this game, they're like a Louisville. 
where it's like, whoa. Yeah, that's uh they just gotta play their game and they're not gonna lose to the last game last week of the season against USC maybe. And that's a rivalry game, so they have even better chance. That's usually the best game they play all year. So just uh plant that in your brain for later. Good one to think about. Okay. NC State at Duke. A lot of people are picking NC State to upset Duke on this one just because Duke um uh they lost to Notre Dame and did they play last week? I'm trying to remember if they played last week. I don't know if they did play. I think they had a bye. Pretty sure they had a bye last week. Um, anyways, NC State kind of kept up with Louisville. Don't know if that was Louisville's problem. But this game could very well go the opposite way. It's a rivalry game. In-state rivalry game against Duke in North Carolina. Another super, super hard game to pick. Um, I'm going to take Duke, though. I trust in Duke. However, however. Riley Leonard, the outstanding quarterback for Duke, might not be playing. So, yeah, just keep that in mind as you watch this game. If Riley Leonard's out, it would not surprise me if NC State was able to win. NC State's not as bad as people think. All right. Got a few lessons. I'm just going to rapid fire, wrap this thing up. Um, thank you all for listening so far. BYU at TCU. I'm going to highlight my team. We got a big game this week. Power 5. Uh, or, sorry, not our Big 12 game. BYU at TCU. TCU is favored by six in this one. Now, obviously, I'm biased as a fan. Obviously, BYU is going to win this game. All right, now that I'm talking about Showtime College Football from my podcaster, I think BYU is going to win this game. I don't know why TCU is favored by six. TCU just lost to Iowa State. <laughs> Vegas has hated BYU a lot. Now, they got it right with Kansas. That's the one I was the most mad about, actually, when Kansas was favored by 9, and they won by, I think, 11. So, even though that game was kind of a fluke, um, yeah. I think any fan can see, like, why is TC favored by 6 over BYU? Yeah, it's a home game, but, like, give us a 3-point spread. Give us a 4-point spread. Um, I, I don't really see how BYU has proved to be worse than TCU, I can definitely see how TCU's proven to be worse than BYU. So, that's all I gotta say about it. I think even my Utah fans would agree with me right here that this one doesn't make too much sense to have BYU, um, you know, obviously I'm not saying, like, if BYU lost, fine. Um, whatever happens, happens. Um, this game is a close, it's an even spread is what I'm saying, but like to be favored by that much, as in, like, the confidence being so high, is a little interesting to me. I, I just, I'm surprised. So, obviously, I'm taking BYU, both with my personal bias and my Showtime CFB bias. Uh, I think BYU is kind of an underrated. Had a good win against Cincinnati. The score didn't quite show everything. Um, BYU kind of put that game away almost by three scores. And Cincinnati kind of scored in garbage time. Um, obviously, every, every snap matters. But 35-27 against Miami um, was more of a dominant win than what it looked like. So, something to keep in mind about BYU. I think BYU is the easily right now the best of the newcomers in the Big 12. I think they've proved that um, with UCF getting blown out by Kansas. So, hey, TCU looks a little overrated. The Colorado loss does not look so good anymore. Because at first you lost to Colorado, who was like ranked in like Dion. But now Colorado is like barely, be, barely be even beat Arizona State. And so, you know, interesting. Um, yeah, so 
BYU. Next, we got two SEC games that are really good this week. Auburn at LSU. LSU is favored by 11. Now, the thing about this game is I might not think, I might not think LSU is that much better than Auburn. However, I know LSU's offense is way better than Auburn's offense. And I think anybody pretty much knows that. I'm taking LSU actually to cover this one. 11, I think LSU's still going to put up 45 points. That's who I got, is LSU. Missouri-Kentucky. Last one of the night. Good game, Missouri-Kentucky. I'm going to take Missouri in this game. Kentucky somehow is still ranked after getting blown out by like 80 and not even keeping it close for two minutes. Don't know how they're still ranked. A little interesting there. Um, and Missouri um, is right there. They're like 26. Missouri, I think, has a better case to be ranked than Kentucky. This one is at Kentucky. I think uh, Brady Cook and Missouri get this one done. I think they get this one done. I think Missouri pulls off an upset at, uh, at Kentucky. I like it. Um, so, yeah. That's who I got, guys. Those are the best games of the week. Let me know if there's any games I missed. Um, obviously, there's plenty of good games. But those are the ones that stuck out to me, those 11 games. So um, I'm so excited. Have a great, great college football Saturday. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a really good one. Just as always. Yeah. I'm excited. Anyways, see you guys on the brand new camera next week. And also, be waiting for some t-shirts. Embroidered, nice t-shirts. Um, by your boys at Game Day Prestige. So I'm really excited for that. Getting official. And they're going to be good stuff. I'm not getting a sponsor. I'm not getting sponsored by Home Depot. I, mean, I love Home Depot, but by some random brand. I'm getting sponsored by a college football company specializing in what I love. And obviously, um, yeah, I love what they do. So signing off, everybody, from Showtime CFB.